Thanks for tuning in to After Dark with Rob and Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel, along with streaming on Spotify, Stitcher, App Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please be sure to search for America Out Loud. In addition to that, we're available on AmericaOutloud.news, which has thousands of podcasts and articles updated daily. We always appreciate it when you share that on social media. Got a big week this week. Obviously, we hope you all have a great time with your families on this holiday season. Uh, Certainly looking forward to Thanksgiving myself. Got the turkeys, mashed potatoes and gravy. Oh, the stuffing. That's one of my favorites, the stuffing. Uh, Rob, before we get you introduced, what's your favorite uh, Thanksgiving side to go with your meal? You know, Andrew, I really haven't thought about Thanksgiving much this year. Not that I'm not going to celebrate it like Martha Stewart. I mean, she's secretly... (laughs) Right. Have you noticed that she... this, This is a push. I'm going to answer your question, but I just saw this the other day when you mentioned Thanksgiving, I thought about Martha Stewart because this is a subtle push to cancel Thanksgiving. Of course, Christmas will be next, but her coming out saying, oh, I'm fed up with turkey. I want to move on. Okay, fine. Don't eat turkey. Eat a ham. If you don't want ham, eat uh, (laughs) tofu. Eat a chicken. Eat duck. I don't care. Eat venison. But this is a subtle push to get this movement started to end the celebration of Thanksgiving. And I'm like, are people aware as to what's happening? No, she has, she holds no significance. She's not like some major guru, but yet still she has a following. And the moment it's put out there, other people will start thinking, that's right, why are we celebrating? Then the next thing you know, you'll have the TikTok videos with uneducated, dumb young people saying, why do we celebrate Thanksgiving? Because this is when the white colonizers came over and they took away the land from the Indians and this is not fair. And it's going to go on and on and on. But just keep that in the back of your mind that that's, that's an attempt to cancel Thanksgiving. Because currently in the schools, not a lot of them even celebrate it. They don't even want to talk about it, just like with Christmas. But I find it interesting that when you have holidays for other religions, they'll flock to the schools, they'll tell the schools about it. This is why we celebrate it. You have like the Jewish holidays, mainly, not as much as the Jewish holidays, but definitely uh, Muslim holidays and Hindu holidays. Every year, you have a family who happens to be uh, Muslim who will come and say, this is the significance of this holiday. Of course, you have kids who know nothing about it. They're, and the way it's presented to them, they'll have these lights and flashy things and these colors. And kids gravitate toward that. Kids gravitate toward color. The same thing with the Hindu holiday. They had Diwali or Dipavali. They had the families to come to the school to explain it to the kids. And when they come, they bring treats, again, colors, candy, uh, pastries. And kids are like, wow, I like this. So then they start gravitating toward it, not fully understanding it. And that's okay. But when you bring up Christianity, we want to talk about Thanksgiving. Not that that's a Christian holiday, but most people see it as a pagan holiday, but who cares? We can't celebrate it because this is when the colonizers came over and look at what they did to the Indians. And then Christmas, God forbid Christmas. Oh no, we can't celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's supposed to be the solstice. It's supposed to be the equinox. Yeah, we're getting close to the uh, deviled eggs and uh, green bean casserole. And then, as you said, Christmas coming right up. Uh, Go ahead, Rob. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off in the middle of your thought. No, but that's what's happening, Andrew. And I was looking, I thought, man, you know, I, not that I just, I'm not going to celebrate Thanksgiving, but usually, you know, I take the pilgrimage back home to Arkansas and I spend time with the family. And this year, I was looking at the weather pattern. I'm like, God, it might 
have a snowstorm, ice storm, and I don't want to get stuck there uh, going through the airports. Also, I was looking so at it, I'm like, so who's cooking? I, I guess I'll have to cook. <laughs> you haven't even thought have about to. it yet, huh? <laughs> right, I haven't even thought about it. I was like, oh, man, I haven't gotten a turkey. I haven't gotten a ham. I haven't gotten any of that. Man, thinking, you are oh, my right gosh. down to the deadline. Right. And, and, and it's this Thursday, so I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. Like, it's so fast forward. So I, I'm sitting back. Oh, and the other reason I just forgot about it, that I'm not traveling. The tickets are so damn high. One-way ticket for one person is a 1000 bucks. No, I'm used to getting like uh, 300 both ways round trip, but a thousand and you're traveling economy. And then you're going to be all squished in on the plane and people coughing and uh, carrying on drinking and acting crazy. And a majority of the people that are doing it, of course, are from the left. And I love to say that they're from the left. You know, they complain about everything, but then they get on the plane and they're creating chaos. So I'm thinking, oh man, do I really want to go through this? So I opt out. I'm like, okay. I was going to, of course, the boys, are, they're kind of disappointed because when we do go home, we have this huge celebration. It's like a three-night event. Start out with the Christmas, with, with Thanksgiving, we have a meal. And then the next day, we start ushering in Christmas. We start singing Christmas songs. And I mean, it's a lot of fun, just really nice, clean fun. This year, we're going to miss it. We might do a Zoom so that they could see it. But for Christmas, we're planning on going to Arizona. I have a sister, my younger sister there. So we're taking the entire family. We're going to Arizona. The tickets are about the same, but I'm like, okay, I can see it because it's a little farther. And so so that's what we're doing. But for Thanksgiving, wow, I, I've got to get on the ball, Andrew. But my favorite side dish, I really like it all. I like the stuffing, homemade stuffing, not Tobes. Uh, stovetop stuffing, and I like to make it myself. Uh, when the South, we call it dressing, chicken and dressing. Oh, but yeah. uh, I, I like that, and uh, I like the candy yams. Oh, and I love collard greens. And oh man, I love that. So eggs. not into really the deviled eggs that much. Usually that comes around Easter, the deviled eggs. Right. But uh, yeah, and uh, uh, what is it? Uh, potato salad. Wow. I, I love all that, but I guess Andrew, now you're talking. I think I got to get on the ball. We got to yeah. get to the supermarket and start uh, buying some stuff because yeah, if I'd I say, don't, I'm going to be left out. Wow, man! Yeah, I'd, I'd say it. I went ahead and decorated for Christmas this past weekend. Um, <laughs> I know everybody I've said something to is like, "Man, that's so early! It's not even Thanksgiving yet. You've already got your Christmas tree up and all these Christmas decorations." But it's like. <laughs> With my work schedule, I never know when I'm going to get time or <laughs> motivation to feel like doing it again. So while I felt like doing it, I just went ahead and did it. Really? Well, I have been, I, I look forward to Christmas for Halloween. I've the past couple of years, I've gone out and purchased all of these uh, porcelain pumpkins. And I usually put them up around the apartment. But this year, I was so inundated. With so many things, with the boys, they're getting ready to go to middle school, and we have to go and interview in the middle schools, and there's just and then soccer, sports, there's so much happening that I went and I bought I think like one or two pumpkins and I put them out, and then I did put up a Halloween wreath on the door, but that was the extent, and I had from previous years had bought because I was like like what can I put up for Thanksgiving? And I think I had gotten a a turkey somewhere in the apartment that I've got to find it. And I guess I'll put that out. But for I'm leading up to Christmas for Christmas, I am into collecting Christmas trees, small Christmas trees, porcelain Christmas trees. So I have a huge collection of trees and it's growing. I think last year I might have mentioned, Andrew, that I had probably like about 100 or so and now probably even more. 
Wow. But I've like go to these different stores and I like, and you can't find, I've looked online, very difficult to find online. And I go to stores like TJ Maxx, uh, Marshall's, Burlington, and they have these eclectic trees. And I guess they get them from bulk from other stores and they put them out. So it started this summer. They had started putting the trees off. So I started like buying them all. And I probably got like two sets of more than one that I really need. I'm like, oh gosh, I already have this one. So I got them. I'm like hiding them around the apartment. <clears throat> and then I went, so I got those. And in New York, it's all about space. So I would put out this huge tree that spreads out. I'm like, I don't want to put that tree up because then I don't have any space to move around the apartment. And if you guys have been watching us uh, for a period of time, when we usually do our Christmas special, you'll see my tree in the back. So this last year, I went, Andrew, and bought a pencil Christmas tree. Never knew they existed. It's like six feet tall, but it's not the wide. It's just straight up and it's really nice. So we got that. So I'm excited about putting that one out. And I also have my tinsel tree that came out, I think, back in the 60s or the 70s. It's small, I want a larger version, but those things are so expensive, like 500 bucks because they're vintage. I'm thinking, I'm not going to buy 500. And you get them on eBay. It's difficult to find anywhere else. So uh, I have that somewhere, but I can't wait to decorate for Christmas. And I, too, like you, wanted to start early. I thought, well, let me just give Thanksgiving its time. And I would usually normally start the day after Thanksgiving. I'd put it up because I'm, I'll be traveling in Arkansas. Then I come back and I pull the decoration up. But this year, since I'm going to be local, I might just on Thanksgiving Day, depending on where I am, if I don't manage to uh, someone invite me to their place and I have to do the cooking myself, I might just start putting up the decoration. But I, I get really excited about Christmas. I like the Christmas trees. I like putting it all up. A lot of people don't like it. They say, oh, it's paganistic and you know, Andrew, I, I'm reading the book, and I think I mentioned this to you, by Bill O'Reilly, and it's called Killing the Witches. And it gives you a, a view as to how our country, believe it or not, the value system and the things that we do, how it came to be going all the way back to the 1600s when people left Europe to come here in America. And one of the reasons they came was to get away from oppressive governments and freedom of religion. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Of course, we consider ourselves a Christian nation, and a lot of our things that we do, our laws are based on Christianity. But people came here so that they could worship the way they pleased. And the first group that came here were the Puritans. And man, were they extremely stringent. They didn't believe in celebrating holidays. They thought it was paganistic. They wanted you to work every day except for Sunday. On Sunday, you had to go to church. And if you didn't go to church, they looked at you as if something was wrong with you. And from that was born the entire witch, Salem witch trials. And I would recommend the book to all of you. It's a great read, easy read, nothing complex, but it does show you the genesis as to our culture and some of the things that we do that's just based upon a group of people that felt, okay, this is okay. This is, this is it okay. And uh, just going back to Thanksgiving and the Mayflower, I remember when I was in school and they talked about it and they painted this brilliant picture as to how the Indians and the Puritans, the people, the pilgrims, they came here, they were eating together, they were celebrating. And there was anything but that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> They were like fighting each other. Uh, people from uh, Europe, they were fighting each other. Because some of them didn't like the other person. They said, well, you're not religious enough and you're not. And then they were fighting the Indians. So this 
Shangri-La setting that they created really didn't exist the way they was presented in school. And then something else that you don't think about is that a lot of these people died before they reached the age of 50. And it's just, it was just amazing when I, I think about it. I'm like, man, I always had these thoughts when I was a kid as to, okay, where did they go to the bathroom? And it was one of my biggest things. Like, even when I'm watching TV, I'm like, well, where did they go to the bathroom, you know? And did they use tissue? Like, all this stuff. And we just assumed that it was so, like, peaceful and blissful, but it wasn't. I mean, they came here to a new world and knowing nothing about the weather, and they had to survive, and many of them didn't survive. And then you read about certain people who did, like men who came here like in their 20s, and they were like married more than four times by the time they reached 30 because their wives died because their wife was sick or died in childbirth. And the same thing with the men. So, you know, you look at history and you look at where we are, and it's like, man, they it was they did paint a picture, a pretty picture that really didn't exist because life was very difficult for them when they came here. And I think the solace that a lot of them took is when they were able to celebrate things like the holidays, Thanksgiving. And Christmas, while others were saying, oh, we don't want you to do that. We want you to live a hard life and you can't celebrate. You got to be mean. You got to be sad all the time. You can't be happy. And you look at where we are today with a lot of people on the left who don't want us to enjoy life. And if we do, they have created a hedonistic type of celebration of life whereby anything goes and I can do anything I can say anything, I can wear what I want to wear, I can just like expose my body, and you have to accept it, and I can pretend to be something that I'm not, and I'm like, wow, this is all rooted in the formation of our country, and then we started putting up laws and saying, okay, is this proper, is it morally correct, should we be doing this, and now we're like throwing all of our moral values, for the most part, Andrew, out the window, and it's like anything goes. And you accept this. And if you don't, you're the bad person. And it's it's really scary. It's really scary because I, I transpose that to looking at the witch trials to look at how they try to counsel people if you don't agree with their thought process. And you look at what's going on with Trump. You look at what's going on with the FBI. You look at what's happening in Israel and Hamas. You have a group of people that are celebrating the destruction of a want to be destruction of a group of people. And if you were to ask them why, they couldn't tell you. All around New York City and a lot of our liberal cities, the people are coming out celebrating, or not celebrating, but protesting the uh, Israel trying to defend itself, its right to survive in favor of Hamas, who's killing, wants to kill Jews and Palestinians. And if you were to ask these riot protesters slash rioters, why? They would say, oh, well, Israel, they, they're bad. But why are they bad? What about Hamas? What, well, they're trying to kill all, the, all of them. It's like, no, they're not. They're fighting for survival. And they didn't start it, but Israel is going to finish it. And I read the other day that Israel has agreed to a five-day pause in the bombing because a, a, apparently the U.S. brokered a deal for an exchange of hostages. Hamas will release hostages and Israel will stop bombing. I mean, I, my, my position on it, Andrew, is to complete the mission, eradicate Hamas, and then you stop. Because who's to say that those hostages are alive? And if Hamas wanted the bombing to stop, 
then they should have released the hostages the moment the bombing started and said, okay, we made a mistake. Here are your hostages. You don't see anyone out in the streets protesting the release of the hostages. But you see them protesting Israel. They should stop. They should stop. Stop for what? Right. Why don't these guys just release the hostages, Andrew? Yeah, that it's, would just... It's ridiculous. That would just make sense. I've been reading a good book myself. It's called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire by Jim Cimbala. It's about the uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle, and it's about uh, what happens when people get serious about the Holy Spirit and prayer and gospel and the amazing th things that can happen. Uh, it's basically talks about when he opened up the church. It was a struggling church with only 20 people. And because of Jesus and prayer, it's just grown into this beautiful thing that saved so many people. Uh, definitely recommend you guys check that one out as well. Fresh wind, fresh fire. You guys no, are too... Wait, wait, Go wait ahead. Andrew, is that is that Brooklyn Tabernacle? Is that the church in Brooklyn? Yes. Wow, I I I went to that church. Okay. And yeah, it's, it's it's phenomenal. They have a every year they have a a holiday Christmas play, and it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's the guy who uh, started the church that wrote the book. So it's a really fascinating and interesting read. You guys are tuned in to After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew. The pandemic may be over for some. But millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Hey everyone, Nurse Kimberly Overton here from Nurses Out Loud. Over time, our cell signaling molecules diminished, leaving us vulnerable to the wear and tear of life. With the Sea of Redox, you can restore and revitalize your body at the cellular level. This is an incredible product that I personally use and can attest to seeing fantastic results, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. ASEA supports your immune system, enhancing your body's natural ability to repair itself. It promotes overall well-being so that you can experience a new level of vitality and resilience. It's time to take control of your health and experience the power of ASEA. Visit our online store today at americaoutloud.shop and use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15%. Be sure to tune in to Nurses Out Loud Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. So again, Andrew, we're talking about the holidays and you know what we're going to do and talking about how uh, the holidays that we celebrate, how all this came about. You mentioned a book that you're reading. I mentioned one that I'm reading. And as I mentioned, we're going to break. I actually went to the 
church in Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church, is a huge uh, building because every year they give a Christmas festival or play. And so I, I went with my uh, with the boys and uh, a neighbor and we enjoyed it. It was really nice. But it just shows you what people, when people come together and uh, with no, you know, you're going to have differences, but you put all that aside and you're focusing on one thing and that's unity, and which is something that we don't have here in the country and it's by design and i always say things by design and i say that because there are certain elements pockets in society that want to keep confusion they want us to be separated they want us to be at each other's throats and we saw this when obama became the president he wanted it and it has continued north south east west republican democrat conservative liberal and as so many people say, there has to be a median, and we have to meet somewhere in the middle of the road. But for some, it's all or nothing. And if we can't have that, we're going to constantly fight. You look at Republicans in the House and the Senate and how they get rid of Kevin McCarthy, and I think they did the right thing. I mean, Kevin McCarthy, and look at this guy, Kevin McCarthy, taking jabs at people in, the, in their kidney. <laughs> like, I, 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 I can see that, and I believe he did do it. I don't know if it was in the kidney necessarily, but I can see him elbowing the guy, you know, uh, mad at the guy. And there's probably something, another story behind it. They probably had exchanged words. But now you have uh, Mike Johnson, who is the Speaker of the House, and I think he I, – I like him. And he's brokered a deal to keep the government open. And, of course, there are some people who don't like it. Uh, it's like, well, let's just shut it down. And yeah, But what are Republicans going to get from this? Or in, in any other time, I would say shut it down. But if we're not going to stand together and have a cause and say this is what we want, this is what we're going to do, broker a deal, move on. Because we have bigger fish to fry come 2024. And there's so much that's out there that we need to start focusing on. And we mentioned this earlier on in one of our shows earlier this week about, you know, the party, you know, being so fractured and how are we going to come together? Do we have a ground game to go against the Democrats? And their ground game is anything that they want to do, we're not going to do it. And of course, everyone will jump on board. And then they have these. Uh, young people who are inexperienced, who know nothing about life, who are willing to jump on board with them. So we've got to we've got to bring it together. We've got to bring a message together. And maybe because we're up on the holiday seasons, we can find within our hearts to come together and say, look, this is what we need to do as a party for the nation. Because what's happening right now, it's just it doesn't look good. And you look at what's the guy's name, Joe Manchin who's decided he's not going to run. So he's on the sidelines and he's throwing dirt at the at the Democrat Party. And the, the party that I wanted to mention the other day that I forgot is called the party, the No Party Labels Party, if that even makes sense, that he could possibly run as president. And a lot of people looking at the sidelines are wondering, wondering if it's going to happen, if, if he's going to do it. He might make an announcement during Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving before the holidays. I don't know what the man's going to do, if he's going to run, make a run for it or not. But... We need to, we as conservatives, need to sit down and get a message. And you know what I find interesting, Andrew, is that a lot of people on the Hill, they don't know their fellow representatives, their colleagues, rather, that's running with them. They don't even know some of the senators. They probably never met them. They just heard about them. Maybe Republicans should put together a holiday lunch, a holiday party, and get to know one another. And I would forego the booze because a lot of these guys look like they can really take back, chug it back, and they might start fighting. 
but they 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 that needs to happen. The Republican Party has got to get to know the other wing of the branch of government so that they can get on the same page and say, now we're working together. And I find it, I've always found it interesting that, you know, some will come out and say, well, I don't know this person. I've never met them. I'm like, are you serious? Because you're in D.C. You should reach out to your fellow conservative and say, hey, let's have a lunch. Let's talk. Maybe that's what they should do during the holiday season. I thought it was a great uh, show of force. This past week, when you had the Speaker of the House with Chuck Schumer, Mike Johnson, Chuck Schumer, and uh, what what is the other the other guy's name? The uh, the Minority Leader, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, appeared on the, a platform in support of Israel. To me, that was a powerful statement, especially with everything that's going on. And we heard from BB Diamond the other night that she attended that rally and she told you what what her thoughts were i think we need more of that and i think that because we're in the holiday season perhaps republicans should take the lead and try to coalesce people together and bring them together and say this is who we are this is what we stand for this these are our value this is our culture yeah let's be clear we're not asking for them to uh, jump on board AOC's policies, we're just saying maybe uh, show some more strength, particularly in support of our allies. Absolutely. We're not saying to jump on board with AOC and her brigade. Like some would say, well, maybe Trump should have Robert F. K. Jr. on his ticket as a vice president. I even saw someone, uh, Joe Lieberman. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a joke. Joe Lieberman was talking about it because I think when he I, I, I want to say it was John McCain. I failed to look that up, but there was a Republican who picked Joe Lieberman to run with him as a VP because of his uh, middle-of-the-road uh, policies. And I'm thinking, are you serious? But you have that push right now. People are saying, well, maybe we need to have a Republican president and then a Democrat vice president. Absolutely not. That's not going to get us any closer to where we want to go. That's just going to cause more acrimony. Because everyone knows that, that vice president is going to try to run things on his, on his own. He's going to try to probably get rid of the the president so that he can be the president. So that's like a no right off the gate. Absolutely not. No way. We don't need that. But what we do need is common sense, people thinking logically and reasonably to move the country forward. And it, it, I think that – I mean I can lay all the blame on Democrats, and I think I should. Because they pretty much just destroyed our culture with a lot of their nonsense, their, their make-believe fantasies of men can be women. And you don't see a lot of push of women being men because women know their position. They know, I, I can't, I can't be a man. But this push for men to be women and wanting us to accept it and force it down our throats and then changing the genders of children, it's crazy. Yeah, people are really missing the big picture with this Israel situation. As you know, Rob, I've been very critical of Israel in the past, particularly Benjamin Netanyahu. But this country was attacked just a month and a half ago, brutally. Over a thousand civilians killed, murdered on the streets. And people are acting so outraged that they're defending themselves. It just makes no sense to me that this country was attacked by terrorists. And in return, now they're killing the terrorists. Unfortunately, some civilians are getting caught up along the way. 
But this is war. I mean, that's what happens. They're not the ones who started it. They were attacked. So um, people just need to keep in mind the big picture here. Israel is just defending themselves because they were the ones that were attacked first. They were attacked first. Israel had nothing to do with this. Everything was quiet on that day. And then Hamas came out and did the dastardly deed that they did. And as we mentioned, you have these groups of people that are saying, oh, they should stop. They should stop bombing. They should stop ceasefire. This is unreal. I mean, Andrew, you even mentioned to me the other day of uh, there is a friction between what's the lady's name, Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro. I, her position, what was, what is her position? Uh, Candace's position is basically that Israel should show some restraint and innocent civilians are dying. Uh, I'm not sure if she ever used the genocide word. I don't want to put words in her mouth, but uh, yeah, basically just one of these positions that uh, cease fire, stop the killing. I, I read an article, and she did say you just can't just commit genocide on a whole group of people. Those are strong words. And that's not what Israel is doing. They're trying to wipe out Hamas, the terrorist. They're not trying to wipe out the Palestinians, unless you're telling me that every Palestinian is a member of Hamas, and that's yeah. not true. That's rich, too, and that's saying that Israel is the one. And trying to commit genocide. You look at the Middle East, Israel's a tiny speck compared to this huge massive land of Muslim countries. And uh, Israel's the only Jewish state there. And you've just got the Middle East filled with Muslims. Israel's attacked by Muslim terrorists, yet Israel's the one trying to commit genocide. It just makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. It doesn't make any sense. And I don't care how you feel about Israel. If you think that, you know, they're too aggressive, aggressive or they were active in the slave trade or they control everything. It goes back to, again, they're not trying to commit genocide. And if you think that, then it just shows that you have, what do they call it? You're not aware of biases that you have in relationship to the Jewish community. And I think that a lot of people have them because to say that they're trying to commit genocide I mean, then we look at everything that – look at the United States. When we went in and we tried to eradicate, get rid of uh, what was a terrorist group in Iraq, okay. we trying to commit al-Qaeda. Were we trying to commit genocide then? I think people say things unaware as to what they're actually saying, and then they'll try to support it and to back it. Because I would say to Candace, okay, Candace, how are they trying to commit genocide when they're going after Hamas? Well, you know, when they go in, they're bombing up the entire Gaza Strip, and they're doing it. Yeah, but they said, get out. Who's not allowing them to go out? Hamas. And then someone would say, yeah, but they don't have the money to go out. Okay, but they have their brothering who seem to be mad at Israel. Why don't their brothering other uh, Arab countries reach out to them and say, hey, come here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just think about this too, Rob. It was, what, a year ago when Kanye West went on his anti-Semitic tirade. And we're just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he's saying these things. But here we are, however much time later it's been. And it seems like Kanye was just too late. If he'd have came out with his messages now, his anti-Semitic messages, I think he would have gotten a lot of support. I mean, I'm not saying this like that's a good thing. It's a very sad thing. But uh, Kanye was just too early if he 
to come out now with his anti-Semitic messages, all these leftists would be uh, agreeing with him. I mean, that's how out of control this anti-Semitic problem has gotten here in America. Uh, and it's a huge issue. And you're right. Why weren't they supporting him when he said it then, when he made those comments? And it just goes back to the statement that I made earlier, that a lot of people look at the Jewish community and they say, well, they control a lot. They control entertainment. They, their hands are in everything. Well, and they control the, the media. Well, if that's the case, you would think that they would control the messaging that's coming out if they have that much control. Now, I'm not saying that they don't control certain aspects of it, but if they did, you would think they would come out and say, okay, we need to change this around because we have too many people that are coming out against us. The groups that were protesting, rioting, shutting down Penn Station here in New York City, which is a major transportation transportation hub, they shut down Grand Central Station, another major transportation hub. Somehow, a message got to those young people to gather in this location so that we could do this. And if we want to say that the Jewish people control a lot of the media, a lot of what we read, you would think that they would have controlled that and said, don't go there. Don't do it because it's going to have an adverse effect on us. But that didn't happen. You had people going there that were doing it. And what I find interesting is that no one was arrested. And if they were, it's like one or two people, and then they let them go. The media won't call it out. They're thinking this is just fine. Which is the same thing that happened during COVID. We were told to stay inside, don't go outside, but they were allowed to go out while we were inside to wreak havoc. And no one has really like just really just presented that and spelled it out and said, folks, look at what you were told and look at what happened. Yeah. Could this be a case of unfamiliarity breeds content? Like a lot of people don't have a lot of experience with Jewish people. Like I had a coworker ask me, he said, how many Jewish kids did you go to public school with? And I had to think about it for a second. I said, I don't think there were any Jewish kids at my high school. So a lot of these Jewish kids, they go to uh, private schools. Uh, they're secluded a little bit from um, other people. So people don't really have a lot of life experience with Jewish people. And uh, it kind of breeds their conspiracy theories because they're not like, oh, I know uh, Mark, who's Jewish, and he's a great guy. Uh, a lot of people don't know many Jewish people, so they just read these conspiracy theories. And without any life experience really knowing Jewish people, uh, it just makes their head go wild in conspiracies. Well, Andrew, that's a good point lack of familiarity with uh, another group. And you could say the same thing with Blacks. There are some people who have never interacted. The only thing they see is what's on TV. And then the images that they see are negative. So transpose that to Jewish individuals. The only interaction that they see is based on TV or based on books, or based on commercials or cartoons. And when you see it, it's always shown that the Jewish person with a big nose and he's money hungry. So people internalize that and that's what they think. So when they hear the stories about Jewish people, it's like, oh, they're money hungry. Oh, they have a lot of money. Oh, they're in Hollywood. And majority of Jewish people, they live in on the in big cities, the East Coast or the West Coast. And some live in the middle states. I think about when I went to school, there was a not a large Jewish community, but there were some. But we just saw them as being regular people. But then there are others who see them, the stereotypes and again, it goes back to you have a lot of people who think that, well, the Jews killed Jesus. 
They get, but Jesus was Jewish. Well, he killed Jesus, so we're mad at them. Well, Jesus wasn't mad at them. So why are you mad at them? And it had to happen <clears throat> for the fulfillment of the scriptures. And then some will say, well, Jews didn't kill him. It was uh, Pontius Pilate who made the decision. But it, it really doesn't matter here or there. It happened for the fulfillment of the scripture. And then to, to have these, these stereotypes that we're, we're killing them and we're, we're, we're doing this. And not only that, you look at Israel as a whole, where it's located. Okay, I see that we're on a commercial break. So I'm going to take this up on the other commercial side of the break. But I, what I wanted, the point that I want to make is you look at the region that they're located in and who was there first. Was it the Jews or was it the Palestinians? So I'll take that up on the other side of the break. Yeah, we'll take that up on the other side of the break. As we were discussing earlier in the show, we're getting close to Christmas time. If you're looking for a great stocking stuffer, look no further than AmericaOutloud.shop. Tons of books, vitamins, anything you might need over at AmericaOutloud.shop. Get your family some great Christmas gifts over at the store with America Out Loud. We highly recommend you guys go check that out. Tons of great products from a lot of America Out Loud contributors. As I said, books, uh, you can find Healthy Cell, all kinds of great things over at AmericaOutloud.shop. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all.
So guys, we're at the last half of Africa with Robert Andrew, and the time is moving. I didn't realize that it's moving so fast, and we've just got so much to talk about, and so much to be thankful for as well. So when we went to break, I was talking about Israel. Andrew and I were talking about the uh, how people, this anti-Semitism that's just like come up all, I don't think it's just like all at once. I think it was always there, but it's now boiling out, and people now see it. And we mentioned Candace Owens and her making the comment that Israel seemingly can be trying to commit genocide by with the attacks against Hamas. And again, I just want to spell this out. Israel is not attacking the Palestinians. They're attacking Hamas. They're trying to eradicate the region of Hamas. Let's just be clear. It's Hamas, not the Palestinians. They're, well, they're... Go ahead. Like I said, let's be honest, too. How many of these Palestinians are terrorist sympathizers? I mean, okay, they I, are on Hamas's side. So, I mean, I, I, and I was going to mention that, right? Right? They're, they will get caught in the crossfire, and you probably have some uh, Palestinians who are sympathizers with Hamas to their detriment, I might add. But overall, it's the they're going after Hamas to eradicate the region. And you would think that Hamas would throw up their hands and say, "It's over. We're going to leave. We're not going to do it." But they're not going to because of Iran. I mean, you have all these connections that are there that the media will not explain to you. And then our the Joe Biden administration, they're kind of you know wishy-washy as to which side they're on. And then you have Barack Obama, the president puppet master, sitting in the basement with his sweats, uh, having man fantasies. Uh, telling Joe's administration what to do and what not to do. And then you have his footmen, David Axelrod and James Carbell, that are coming out, just stirring up the pot. So it's it's really confusing. And as I said, I hope that during this Thanksgiving that we can all sit down at the table and just really talk through our differences. But I doubt seriously that that's going to happen because they're telling people, if you go to someone's house, don't bring up politics because you'll probably start World War Four because I think that we're pretty much in World War Three. That being said, going back to Hamas, uh, the other thing we got to think about is, is in this region, people are saying that Israel, they should be there and that we put them there in 1948 after World War II because they didn't have a place to stay. We got to look at history. And the thing is, is that way back earlier on, Israel was in that region. Okay. And then you had different groups to come in and take over. You had the Turks, you had the Ottoman Empire, you had the Romans to come in. They kicked the Jews out. We drove them out of the land. Then you had other people to come in. But before then, there is a Wailing Wall, which is supposed to be significant of, I think it's King Solomon's Temple, was built there. So that portion of the wall is still there, and it's considered sacred for a lot of Jews. And they go there and they pray. Also in the region, you have the Church of the Sepulchre. You have the area where Jesus was, was, was crucified, which is considered really holy for Christians. But on top of the Wailing Wall, you have the Dome of the Rock, which was built by the by Muslims. So Muslims are saying that we were there, it was our land. Well, if it was your land, why did you build the Dome of the Rock on top of the Wailing Wall? So the Wailing Wall had to have been there first. And then you put the Dome of the Rock. So it's like, okay, which came first? Let's just think about it logically. So if you build your your dome on a foundation that was already there, then clearly you weren't there first. It doesn't matter. Just live in the region peacefully. The Israeli, Israelis gave you guys the Gaza Strip. 
said, we don't want to have anything to do with it. You can have it. It's all yours. But you know what? We'll offer protection. Protection against what? Protection against terrorists. Okay. We will allow you to come into Israel and work. We will allow some of you to be in the Kinsim, which is their government, their form of government. You don't have that vice versa in Palestine. They don't want any Jews on their government because the government is controlled by Hamas. So when you look at this logically and say, who's doing what, who's on first, you would think, why can't we all just live peacefully together? I am definitely for Israel destroying, disintegrating Hamas. Get rid of them. I don't care for them. You know why? Because that same group, if they were to take over the entire Middle East, they would still wouldn't be happy. They'll come to the United States and wreak havoc, which is why they're happy that they have a lot of American citizens who are uninformed, uneducated, out supporting what they're doing. And as I said in one of our other shows, I believe dangerous and radical. The other Muslim countries don't even want them. Exactly. And see, no one is thinking about that. Why won't the other Muslim countries allow them to come in? Because they're terrified of them. Saudi Arabia is terrified of Hamas. They're definitely terrified of Iran because Iran wants to come in and take over Saudi Arabia because they don't think that they're conservative enough. <laughs> Can you imagine? Iran? They're not conservative enough, so we need to go in. We need to change them. We need to make certain that they're like just extremely stringent. So when I see these people out protesting for them, when I see statements like Candace Owens that she makes, I'm like... I mean, I, I like her. And, and these, this is the same woman that a lot of people felt that, oh, she should run for president. I'm like, run for president for what? Simply because she makes a lot of good statements? It doesn't mean she should be president. She should just stay in her lane. I mean, no, she does have a lot of valid points, especially when she's talking about the transgenders and et cetera. I'm like, man, she's on point. But with this, she's off kilter. And I can understand why people don't like Ben Shapiro. He talks extremely fast and some, he's very dry. And sometimes he seems rather self-absorbed. So right. I, I get it, but... He's a never-Trumper. A never-Trumper. I, I get it, but still, you know, people do make valid points, and you have to appreciate it. I mean, even John Fetterman, whom I don't like, has made some valid points. Even Joe Biden just recently called uh, the president of China a dictator. Of course, Tony Blinken didn't like that, but he, he spoke the truth. I don't know if Biden realized what he was saying. I don't even know if he can define the word dictator, but he spoke the truth. So we've got to give that to him. But it stops right there because everything else that he says makes absolutely no sense. Okay, it stops there. So Candace Owens was saying she makes a lot of good points, but this whole thing there, like they're trying to, like you're you're giving more, putting more fuel to the fire because a lot of people are saying that and it's just not right. I don't care how you feel about Israel. They're not trying to commit genocide. At least I don't think they're trying to. When they're saying they're trying to kill, uh, take out uh, Hamas, and it's just you know they have the willpower to do it, they have the staying power to do it, they have what it takes to do it, and I think that they will do it. And you know, Andrew, I came across a clip the other day uh, on I think it was YouTube, a speech that Martin Luther King was making, and I and I bring this up because recently we heard his his youngest daughter, Reverend Bernice King. She came out with a statement, and she said that her dad would be completely against what Israel is doing. And 
I found this piece, and I, I'm sorry, she's wrong. And I called her out on it when she made the statement. She's completely wrong. And in the video, it wasn't like something that he had written down. This was a video from King. And he said that, you know, we look at our Jewish brothers and sisters and people trying to, and I'm just paraphrasing what he said in the video. They're trying to, uh, you know, get rid of them and take them out of the land. He said, and their response to us is that we can handle this. We can take care of this ourselves. He said, but if they couldn't, I would still stand with them and against anti-Semitism. So the statement that the daughter made was inaccurate. She was wrong. And she's been wrong before with some statements that she's made, like with Black Lives Matter, she's been wrong. And when you don't know history, and when you don't have a media that's going to go and put up history and say, well, she said this, but this is actually what was said by the dad some years ago. When you don't have that checks and balance, people will run with the lie. And they'll say, oh, well, this is what this person said, and it's just not true. And that is the reason why we exist, partly, after Dark with Robin Andrew, so that we can bring up these facts to you. Because if we don't, and we don't have the reach that a lot of these news outlets have, we don't have the reach at all, but we can go and do research. The same way we did research on Mike Pence, when Mike Pence said that the, the day before the election was going to be certified, he said, your voices are going to be heard because we know that something happened that shouldn't have happened, some malfeasance. He didn't call it malfeasance, but he did say that during the election, something happened that shouldn't have happened. Then he came back later on and said that Trump wanted him to over, overthrow the election, and Trump did not. Trump wanted him to fulfill his constitutional duties, which was to take the votes that a representative and a senator said, we have questions about them, and send them back to the state so that that state could decide the next steps. The media never reported that to you. And to this day, they haven't reported it to you. The same way the media keeps saying there was an insurrection. And who do they put up to support them? Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney, who lost her race significantly, and rightfully so. Because she should not be on the Hill. She was just there just to, uh, I, I guess, to create a name for herself so that once she's out, she can bring in more money. Liz Cheney, whose husband happens to work at a law firm that Hunter Biden worked for. This is a very incestuous relationship, but the media won't call it out. But Trump called it out. He called it out in 2016 when he was running. And he said, you guys need to be aware that there is a swamp. People didn't like it. So what did they do? We're going to label him a racist. The man is not a racist. Well, some will say, well, he's not a racist because he, he dated black women. Oh, no, you, aside from that, he's not a racist because he simply isn't. But the media wants you to think that because they know that many people will jump on that bandwagon, especially black people. If you say something about racist, they'll jump on it. Oh, yeah, he is. Whereas you have a, a, a true racist, Joe Biden, sitting there with racist thoughts and ideas and will say things like that, and they won't say anything about it. But it's the media who push this. So again… Yeah. If we say that the Jews control all the, you know, the media and whatnot, you would think that that's one thing that they would want to control and say, let's just change the narrative because this is going to harm our people. Go ahead, Andrew. The hypocrisy on the R word, racist, is just clear for anyone to see. Just recently, this past weekend, uh, Donna Brazil went on Bill Maher, and uh, the topic was Vivek Ramaswamy, and she made a joke uh, pronouncing Vivek's name like... Uh, just something ridiculous, not even attempting to pronounce his name correctly. And a credit to Bill Maher, he said, 
isn't that kind of racist, you refusing to even attempt to learn Vivek's name? And uh, he's absolutely right. It is. Like, if you were mocking a black person's name like that, uh, people would be all over her. But since it's Vivek, uh, people really don't care because they don't like him, uh, at least in the mainstream media circles. So we see this time and time again. There's countless examples of where they will hold Republicans accountable for things that could slightly be perceived racist. And they'll, they'll just come out and say things that are flat out racist or anti-Semitic and expect no consequences and expect not to be held accountable. Well, they don't like Vivek because Vivek has been calling him out, and rightfully so. I mean, when he called out the uh, the last debate, called out the media for their lies on Russia collusion, they didn't like that. And when you call them out, you know they begin they get all antsy. Now, before then, they were like, "Oh, Vivek, Vivek, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna beat Trump, and he's he gonna do this." But then when they start looking at it and seeing that, wait a minute, he's not attacking Trump, then it's right. like, "Oh, we don't think we like him now." But yeah, just imagine if there was an Indian Democrat politician and Republicans were constantly mocking their name. Um, I'm pretty sure the media would make a big deal out of that and call the Republicans racist. You bet your bottom dollar. And there will be some Indian uh, Democrats that will run for office in the coming years. The same way Well, you look at Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, if you get their names wrong, you say something, they'll say, oh, you're racist or you're this or you're that. I mean, two women who should not be on the Hill. <laughs> Come on, let's just be honest. These women, they're the very antithesis of terrorists. They do not like America. Okay, they want America to fall. Let's just be honest here. So, uh, but hey, this is, the, this is the season, the holiday season. <laughs> we can bring love and kindness and joy. But can you imagine if they were to have a dinner and bring all these groups together, sit down at the table? I doubt seriously that uh, Rashida Tlaib would come if she were invited. I doubt Ilhan Omar would come. And I would like to get their thoughts on uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. It would probably be negative. And you know what? These people that are out in the streets protesting, they would think absolutely nothing about it. I would also like to get their thoughts on uh, the whole gay and trans agenda. And I've been saying this for quite some time since these two knuckleheads got into Congress. I'm like, what are their thoughts on it? Because you, no one ever puts a mic in their mouth in front of them and say, hey, what do you think about this? You're considering what your religion is, considering that, you know, the group Hamas, they would kill gays and lesbians or trans. And, and even China, you know, this pushed it like China this and China that, you know, she came here and do you actually think they're going to sit at the table with trans people? Absolutely not. But yet and still, we're trying to push businesses over there. We're going to force them. We're going to push businesses over there, but we're going to cater to their needs. While here in America, we're going to force the companies here to ascribe to the gay agenda. Does that make any sense at all, Andrew? None whatsoever. But like I said, we're in the holiday season. Maybe these people will find the kindness in their heart to really do an introspection as to the way they've lived their lives these past couple of months as we you know move rather hastily into 2024 maybe they will look and and have some type of introspection and and look and say man you know we've just been we've been wrong on a lot of stuff and we can very easily remedy this 
if we were to just put aside our differences, put aside the dislike, and come together for a common cause, which is to make America great again, why are we trying to destroy this country? And we know no other country. I mean, we have mistakes. We make mistakes. We're learning from them. The country has not been perfect from its beginning, its origin, but we're trying. We're doing our darnest. We're here. We're going to stay here. So why can't we do our best just to make certain that we are, that we continue to be that beacon, that light on a shiny hill? Uh, wait, 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 that's, that's wrong. We, we continue to be the beacon on a hill that's shiny. As opposed to being dim, going dim. It's like it's, this doesn't take a lot to do it. But when you have different personalities and people have agendas, it does make it difficult. So in conclusion, Andrew, going back to what we we're talking about, Thanksgiving and our meals, uh, I don't know, but I, I better, like you said, I better, you know, get get out there and start making fast tracks as to what I'm going to eat or else we're just going to be eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for Thanksgiving because I really, uh, it's like so much is going on, but I am thankful to be an American, which in my opinion is the greatest country bar none. And I have visited other countries and I know of other countries, but America without a doubt, is the greatest and we see that by people wanting to come here despite what the democrats saying that this is a racist country and it's prejudice and the, uh, people want to come here look at the to the extent even if with their life in peril to cross uh, the mexican border and other places to get to america and for that you know for myself i'm thankful because when I was born, as they say, I hit the jackpot because I was born in America, Andrew. Well, we're all out of time tonight. The show just flew right by. We hope you all have a great holiday. Thanks for tuning in to After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel, along with streaming on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Wherever you listen to your podcast, it's real easy to find us. Just search America Out Loud. You'll find our full archive of shows under the America Out Loud section. In addition to that, we're available on AmericaOutloud.news, which has thousands of podcasts and articles updated daily. We always appreciate it when you share that on social media. We'll see you guys next time. And remember, stand for something or fall for nothing. <laughs> <laughs>